We are so glad that you are here in worship with us on this glorious day that God has made. I am Pastor Jennifer Casey. I bring you greetings on behalf of Pastor David Hoffman, along with Pastor Bob Thomas. As we begin our time together, you will find your connection card in your bulletin packet or online at stonybrook.church in the worship section. The connection card is a place for you to register your attendance, to share any uh, joys or concerns that you may have with the church staff or the church community. And also, if you flip it over on the back, it is a way to indicate your interest uh, to sign up for different events and different ministries of Stony Brook Church. So I invite you to take a moment to fill that out during the worship service and then just drop it in the basket on your way out. Uh, or online, it will go directly into our database and someone will respond to you as needed. Uh, Stony Brook's back parking lot is going to be glowing with over 50 jack-o'-lanterns on Saturday, October 16th, when we'll be welcoming children from Stony Brook and children from the community to come into our annual uh, trick-or-treat event outside on our property. Now, Ms. Kristen, our Director of Children's Ministries, needs your help. She's looking for people to help carve jack-o'-lanterns and to host a table for the kiddos to come up to to do their trick-or-treating at. So you can indicate your interest in that on the back of your connection card or online at stonybrook.church kids. Uh, now, if you didn't see it when you pulled into the parking lot, the pumpkins have already been delivered and they're right in front of my house. So. Feel free to come, get a pumpkin, take it home, and carve it, and let Miss Kristen know that you've done that. Our production ministry continues to grow with the adding of live stream and other things that we have going on here in the church. And our production uh, ministry leaders are looking for you to help. We have openings uh, in sound, in uh, operating the cameras, doing graphics, and other areas. Uh, you can uh, indicate your interest for this on the back of your connection card uh, or by scanning the QR code up there. Simply open up your camera on your smartphone and point it to that QR code and it'll take you directly to the website with the form to indicate your interest. As is the custom on communion Sundays at Stony Brook Church, we will be taking a special offering for the Pastors Benevolence Fund. The Benevolence Fund helps us as pastors respond to the needs of the community. Uh, mostly what we do is support people with rental assistance and helping with uh, their utilities as well. We are able to do that to say yes as people are asking for help because of the generosity of you all. And so we thank you for your um, for your generosity. And uh, just to remind you, the benevolence baskets are up front on the communion rail. Uh, feel free to give your offering in that way during uh, the communion time later in service. You will find all of this information that I just shared with you and so much more about the mission and ministries of Stony Brook Church in your bulletin packet and online at stonybrook.church. I invite all of us to take a deep breath and quiet our hearts and our minds as our prelude prepares us for worship.
invite you to rise either in body or in spirit as we are called to worship. You will find your responses in bold on the screen. We trust in you, O oh God, for you are faithful. Show us your ways and teach us your paths. We wait for you. Lead us in your paths of truth. Do not remember our failures. Out of your merciful grace, forgive us. You are faithful, O oh God. Your love is steadfast. We lift up our souls to you and praise you always. in every way, O oh God, better even than we know ourselves. For you know our hearts, our thoughts, our love, our pain. You constantly guide and direct us back to you, whether or not we recognize it. Thank you. Thank you for your continual presence in our lives. Thank you for your continual presence in the lives of those we love. It is this assurance which helps us navigate life and keep our eyes focused outward for signs of you in the world. The ways that you show up in this world is astounding. It is surprising, O oh God. It is mind-blowing. How do you do the things you do? Taking pain ugliness, hatred, and death, and turning it into life. How, oh God, are you so beautiful? How do you do such amazing, transformative things in this world? Teach us your ways, oh God, so that we can recognize your life-giving grace. Teach us your ways, oh God, so that we can be your partners of healing, forgiveness, reconciliation, justice, and love in this world. Teach us your ways, O oh God, so that it is easier for us to see the face of Christ in others. Turn your beautiful face to those in our world who are hurting, those in recovery from the hurricanes, those who experience poverty, those who are in abusive families, those who are grieving, those whose hearts have been broken, and those who don't yet know you. Shine your love, your spirit, your grace upon us all. Remind us that only you have the power to take the brokenness of this world, heal it, and create something new and more beautiful. We thank you for this gift of grace, and we pray all of this in the name of the one who heals, transforms, and shines your beauty in this world. Christ Jesus. Amen.
Thank you for your gift of music this morning, reminding us we are one on this World Communion Sunday. As we come together this day, our scripture lesson is the Psalter text chosen out of the lectionary for us. It is a, um, is a gift for us, as you will find out. Um, it, um, it was a perfectly <laughs> uh, chosen text um, by the lection for today. I, I can't say enough, it's amazing how the texts line up in our lives. I invite you to listen as the psalmist um, offers this to us from the 25th Psalm, verses one. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame. Do not let my enemies exalt over me. Do not let those who wait for you be put to shame. Let them be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all day long. Be mindful of your mercy, O Lord, and of your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my transgressions, According to your steadfast love, remember me for your goodness sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his decree. Friends, this is the word of God for all God's children. Thanks be to God. I invite us now to respond together to God's word. As we begin our time together, uh, let us pray. Thou who art over us, thou who art one of us, thou who simply art, give each of us a pure heart that we may see thee, a humble heart that we may hear thee, a heart of love that we may serve thee, and most of all, a heart of faith that we may always abide in thee. This is our hope. This is our prayer this day. Amen. Like I said, it is amazing how God lines up and provides the appropriate text for, for a Sunday. And this psalm has so much to teach us. We get to hear and overhear a conversation that the psalmist has with God. In fact, it is a, a lament or a prayer. The psalmist demands God's rescue from his enemies and requests God's steadfast love and stands there waiting for God's promise of covenant relationship. I invite you to today to overhear another conversation between myself and our guests this morning. They have so much to teach us. I'll let them introduce themselves as they tell their remarkable life stories for us. But it's important for us to remember the psalmist finds himself in a world of hurt, a situation we, like we too may find ourselves from time to time like the psalmist, facing antagonism and distress in our lives. And when we face that, we sit not knowing which way to turn or whether it would matter if we knew which way to turn. We overlook what matters most to us. We forget the deep meanings by which we orient our lives. We become disoriented. 
the psalm sounds so much to me like your amazing witness and story. And again, it's amazing that this text is chosen by the lectionary today. Stan, thank you for being here. Chris, thank you for being here and sharing yourself with us. And I'm going to invite you to introduce yourself, uh, to tell us your your life-changing story and and the situation which you have found yourself and and where you find yourself today. Take us back um, to the early beginnings. I'm Stan. In 1987, at the age of 17, I, um, I committed a crime that would get me incarcerated. I would, uh, I would be a child going into a man's prison. I, uh, I don't know that I can really explain the fear that a child has going into a situation like that. I went into a, into a prison that had upwards of 23 to 2,400 men in it. Uh, I come from a community that only had eight or 900 people. Um, so it was a huge culture shock um, going in. I knew no one. Um, I think the closest that I could come to allow you to understand the fear that was going on inside of me is if you've ever been in a car accident and um, you were able to see it coming or, or a, a time when something was going to happen to you or you were going to see something and and that gut-wrenching fear that would, that would be inside. And uh, that was the fear I had for, for the first couple years of incarceration. Uh, going in as a child, um, you, uh, you're, you're singled out. Um, so when, when you go into prison, they give you an ID. And on that ID, it has a big red dot on it if you're under 21. Um, and the only reason the red dot's there is so you can get whole milk instead of 2%. (laughs) Um, But the bad thing was that it let every other uh, depraved, um, degenerate, uh, every evil person that was in that prison, it let them know that I was only 17 at that time. Um, What would happen in that first couple years um, I would not wish, wish on my worst enemy. Um, I had to go through a lot um, growing up inside of a prison. Being there at 17 was, was something that I, I didn't know how to go about. I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to navigate it. Uh, I knew how to fight. Uh, the anger and the rage that was in, within me, uh, those things that would um, come against me would just make that uh, even stronger. Uh, in doing that, I joined a gang. Um, the gang would uh, kind of baptize a family atmosphere and make you feel welcomed when you first come in, make you feel protected and and I, I felt like that nobody would be able to hurt me, all that stuff, all those people that were coming against me um, wouldn't, wouldn't harm me anymore. Um, it was a lie. I, uh, I still had to struggle. I still had to do all of that which I was doing on my own. Only I had some guys to help me out at that point. I, I did that for the first 13 years of incarceration. Uh, in that 13 years, I, I rose up in the gang uh, because growing up in there as a child, I, I was in survival mode. And in that survival mode, it, it's survival at all costs. And, and I didn't want it to be at my cost. I wanted it to be at someone else's cost. About 13 years into that, uh, I would go to the, the hole, which is solitary confinement. If you do something wrong inside of a prison, you, they put you in solitary confinement. I was there and um, received a visit from my mom. I, I had kind of run my entire family off. They were scared of me. Uh, I, I did everything that I could against them to make them hate me. And uh, my mom included, but she never 
She never really gave up on She'd come to visit me, and what, when you're in solitary confinement, you can't go out there just regular. Uh, they put you in belly chain and in, in uh, handcuffs, and you're in an orange jumpsuit. I walk, and, and, and I'm thinking she's fearing, feeling pity on me. I, I'm, I'm not a person to be pitied. I'm strong. I'm a man. I'm, I'm you know, I, I got this. And she just kind of shakes her head and, and asks me, Stanley, when are you going to grow up? And I get kind of offended by that. It kind of challenges my pride. And, and I'm like, what do you mean, Mom? I'm, I'm doing life in prison. I, I, I'm helping run the most notorious gang in prison. Uh, how, more, more, how much more grown you want me to be? And, and she says, Stanley, you're doing the exact same thing you were doing when you were 13. So how are you grown? And... Um, it, it makes me take a step back. I, I stay out there for a little bit longer and um, then go back to the cell. I go back to the cell and, and you're, you're there by yourself. And that question just lingered in my head and made me uh, take a look at myself. And there was only one thing I could see that was different at the age of 30 than it was at the age of 13. And that was prison. You know, she said, you still smoke dope. You still rebel against authority. You still do all of these things. And um, she was correct. And I, I think that was, the, that was the initial piercing of my heart that God used to help prepare his change in my life. Um, after that, I would go to um, Kairos and uh, going through Kairos, it let me understand forgiveness. It let me understand that, that um, Randy Rich shared a story of forgiving the man that took his father's life. And I sat there thinking, you mean I can be forgiven of for taking the life that I took? I, I never thought I could be forgiven. And to understand that I, um, I didn't understand it. I accepted it at first. Um, but it's, it's, it's in that, that that Chris had brought me into Kairos and she sponsored me and and in that weekend, I, uh, I learned a lot, and I came, came around a lot. So, You went the first night, and then <laughs> what happened that, after that first night? Well, um, so I was, a, I, was, I was a heathen. I was still <laughs> doing, you know, the wrong things. Um, so I went to that first night high. Um, had smoked some marijuana before I went and because I had heard there's a whole bunch of cookies there and a whole bunch of Kool-Aid and, and I, I wanted to take full advantage of it. So I went, I enjoyed myself, I got the cookies, I did all of that and I left that night expecting to not come back. I, I go, um, go to my cell, uh, doing what I do, and, and the CO calls me down to the desk and says, you have a phone call. And, and so inmates don't get phone calls when you're in there. I, I need you to know that. Um, and I'm like, no, I don't. And the CO says, yes, you do. And I said, no, I'm not talking on that phone. And he said, it's a direct order. If you don't, you'll go to solitary confinement. And I didn't want to go to solitary confinement again. <laughs> Uh, so I reluctantly got on the phone, and it was uh, Chris had called. She had found out that I wasn't going back. At first, I'm like, how the heck did she find out? And then I'm like, well, she's the warden. She knows everything. <laughs> and for me, as a heathen, you know, that was God. You know, she had complete control over me. And um, I, she said, I heard you're not going back. And, and I'm like, yeah. 
She said, I, I, would, I would count it a personal favor if you would go back to this and finish this weekend. And, and as an inmate inside of a prison, to get a personal favor from a warden, that's like the highest thing you could get. So I, I went back to that weekend, and uh, it was because of God reaching out through her that I went back to that weekend. Chris, why didn't uh, Chris introduce yourself, and then why didn't you give up on him? Um, I'm Chris Money, and at that point in time, um, I was the warden at Marion Correctional for about 10 years, and a friend of his let me know that he was planning on not going back, and I, uh, I saw lots of wonderful char characteristics in him, really strong leadership skills, and I knew that he needed a savior, and I was hoping mm -hmm. that, that that might be the weekend that might happen. And talk about what impact Kairos has had um, through your experience at, at, um, in the correctional facility. Sure, sure. I uh, first found out about Kairos when I was the warden at the Ohio Reformatory for Women, and I saw dramatic transformation in the women there. And a few years later, I was transferred to Marion, which was very dark, as Stan described. And I reached out and actually just begged them to come mm -hmm. because the place was so dark. And it, over the 10 years I was there, there was dramatic transformation as more and more men came to Christ. And part of Stan's story is he came to Christ in 1999, but then he was there 20 more years. And in that 20 years, he helped a t with a team we, of us and brought a lot of amazing ministries. Uh, Torch, which mentors, a Christian ministry to mentor young men, and Kairos Outside that mentors and brings to Christ fam female family members and promise keepers. It's countless, the, the things that we did. So yeah. we had a 20-year history of doing ministry together inside. And when we founded Kindway 10 years ago, he was the first person I asked to join us on the inside to help uh, launch that ministry too. Excellent, thank you. Let's go back to the cookies. <laughs> um, and um, so you, you go back that second Second, that you agree to yeah. go back, right? Yeah, I, so I, I, go, I go back on the weekend, and on Saturday evening, I, I, I spoke about a man, uh, Randy Rich. On that Saturday evening, they, each, each night you leave, they give you a bag of, a brown bag of cookies. And on Saturday night, they give you two brown bags of cookies, and they tell you to take one of these brown bags of cookies and give it to that one person that one person you can't forgive, that one person that, that has done wrong to you too many times and you're just done with them, that one person that you hate, um, uh, I automatically knew right away that there was that one person. Um, I, I take it down the hallway. I go to the dormitory that he's living at. I see a guy going in and I, I hand him the bag of cookies and tell him, listen, give this to Jack. And he's like, um, can I have a bag? And I'm like, no, you can't have a bag. Those are for Jack. Um, but in doing that, I, 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 that was the, really the first time I had said yes to something God uh, told me to do. And in doing that, so on the Sunday, they do a graduation and some of the outside guys, some of the inside guys come down for the graduation and outside people. And Jack Quinn was sitting in the second row, uh, first chair. And um, I didn't know it at the time, but he had went through the Kairos weekend right before mine. So he knew exactly what those, what those cookies meant when he received the whole bag of cookies. And all he could do was, I uh, came up and I sat down and he's like, what did I do? What did I do? I mean, because the fear was there, and, and, and I think it was the very first time I ever looked, looked at someone that had fear and, and felt conviction. And um, I, I, uh, that Monday after the weekend, uh, because of the gang that I was in, I was supposed to uh, harm him, uh, put him in the hospital, if not take his life that Monday. And uh, those cookies, uh, those cookies saved his life and my life. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but 
coming out of that weekend and doing the ministry she's talked about and doing that that time of transformation in my life, the 20 years, um, the last 10 was probably the most growth that I had in my life, uh, being part of Kindway, being part of Embarking there, and, and helping men understand the transformation they needed in their life. Because if you've never had transformation in your life, you don't think you need it until the transformation happens. And, and that's what happens with the men and women that come through Kindway and Bark is the transformation starts and then it just grows through it. Uh, upon my release, I was asked to come to the Kindway office and, and Chris kind of pushes a paper in front of me and, and says, read this. And I read it and it's, it's a job description. And I'm like, man, that looks awesome. And she says, uh, it's yours if you want it. And uh, To come from where I came from and to be in society now and then to have someone believe in you so much that they're willing to put part of their ministry, part of their business, part of what they do in your hands is it's kind of a high calling. And to know that the kind way board and, and her felt that strongly and, and believed in me that much. It was, it was an unbelievable thing. I'm so grateful for it. Absolutely. So we talked a little bit about cookies. I know you have a challenge for us. Yeah. Um, I've been praying about this, and I just, I feel, I, feel, I felt drawn by, by the Spirit to, you remember the question my mom asked me, she asked me at a point in life that nobody should have ever been there for me. No one, everybody should have already given up on me, should have tossed me to the side. I want you to look at your life and look at the people in your life. And I don't know if it's just for one person here or if it's for multiple people here, but I want you to look in your life and you look at that person that... that um, you might have already given up on that that addict, that alcoholic, that abusive, mean, because that's who I was. And I'm so thankful that God didn't give up on me. And I'm asking you, I'm, I'm begging you to not give up on that one person. Because God will give you a question. God will give you the right words to say to that one person. And when you say it, don't think that it just falls off because it didn't for me. And know that God, God has a place in his kingdom for that one person too. So that's the challenge I give you. That person that, um, that you've kind of wrote off on. Uh, please, please step back and be, be Christ to them. Thank you. And Chris, I mean, I, I grew up maybe less than four miles away from Marion Correctional Facility. <laughs> grew up um, in a farm community up by Morrill, um, really close to where you grew up in Sycamore. And, you know, sometimes we don't know how to begin. And I know Stony Brook is, is involved in a lot of different ministries. Um, where can we begin to help out? Um, there's, a, there's a number of things you can do as a congregation, and the first I would ask for prayer, and I'd ask you to pray for our staff and our volunteers and our men and women who are in prison and transitioning to the community. There's a lot of challenges and barriers for them, and I'd, uh, if you would continue to hold us up in prayer, I would really appreciate it. You have a wonderful ministry called the New Home Project, which you'll hear about again in a few minutes. And you assist in helping our men and women transition into their uh, independent living, and so that's been a, has had major impact. Um, you can contact Stan if you, there are any landlords that you know that would consider renting to our men and women, um, or any employers that would be consider giving people a second chance at jobs. You can volunteer. There's all kinds of prison ministries. Um, you've heard about Kairos a couple times today. Kairos is a wonderful place to begin. 
also Bill Glass is a wonderful prison ministry, as well as our, uh, our ministry. So if you would consider those things. And um, you'll see Kindware um, are, is jewelry that the uh, women make inside the Ohio Reformatory for Women. So if there's ever an event that you would like someone to come and talk or uh, and to bring that, uh, any kind of events, um, particularly with women, it, it, we would be happy to come. So, yeah. Thank you. Stan, do you have any last words for us? I mean, the psalmist lays his life open before God, and you have laid your life open before us and before God this day. What, any, any closing words you would have for us? I am, I sit here understanding that I should have never gotten out of prison. I should have died in there. Um, society would have had me um, like garbage thrown in a garbage can dumped in the in the ground and buried over and done with it but God uh, God sees fit that that he uses broken vessels and he mends them and he brings them back to life and he allows us to uh, to be rebirthed in him and uh, I just Please wake up every morning knowing that each day is a gift from God and gratefulness is part of that gift. And just be grateful, grateful for those chances to uh, be Christ's hands, mouths, feet, uh, whatever it may be. Well, thank you for sharing your gift with us and we pray God's blessing upon you and, and, and the entire team um, that is working uh, with folks inside and out. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Well, we have heard of uh, some ways that we can offer ourselves to God through these uh, prison ministries. Um, a couple of other things for you to keep in your mind, challenges, if you will, for Stony Brook as ways to offer ourselves as a community to support uh, these prison ministries. Uh, our um, The New Home Project, which we started about a year ago, which helps people who are ready uh, to transition from incarceration into independent living. Uh, our community has the opportunity. We've partnered with um, New Albany United Methodist Church to support individuals in helping them get their houses set up. And so we have a new person that is ready, uh, and you will find the list of information on uh, on your, I don't see my notes in here. So it is on the website, stonybrook.church, or in your bulletin, or you can reach out to uh, Emily Keener, our Director of Outreach and Missions. The other thing that we have the opportunity to do is we have been challenged, a goal has been set before us to bake 600 dozen cookies for Marion Correctional. So when you leave today, the ushers are gonna give you a bag, a Ziploc bag, and inside it has some instructions on the uh, information on baking these cookies, and the goal is to bless the entire correctional facility. So Stony Brook, I know you all rise to the occasion when, when challenges are set before you, because I've been a part of you for a couple of years now and have seen it. So uh, I hope that you feel encouraged and uh, invited into that process as we uh, bless the correctional facility. At this time, I invite you to rise as we sing our doxology and ask for God to bless the gifts that we have offered today.
gifts back to you. We thank you for blessing us with them. And now give them back to you and ask that you bless them, multiply them, help us to move all of them throughout this community and beyond so that everybody who comes to receive these financial gifts and the gifts that we offer through our service, the power of your saving grace in their lives. We pray all of this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. I invite you to be seated. And as we move to the table of grace today, we are reminded that because Christ is the host, all are welcome and invited to receive this gift of grace. You do not need to be a member of this congregation or any to receive these holy elements today. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and before one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. We have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hear this good news. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That proves God's love for us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You have made from one every nation and people to live on all the face of the earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we join in their unending hymn. Holy, 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 holy Lord, God of power and might, Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your holy church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. He commissioned us to be his witnesses to the ends of the earth and to make disciples of all nations. And today his family and all the world is joining at his holy table. And on the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup and gave thanks to you and gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for all for the forgiveness of sin. As often as you drink of this cup, do this in remembrance of me. And so now in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we now offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice and union with Christ's offering for us as we now proclaim the mystery of our faith together. Christ has died. Christ, Christ is, is risen. risen. Christ, Christ will, will come, come again. again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on each one of us gathered here and upon the families that we represent. And pour out your Holy Spirit on these gifts of bread and cup. Make them be for us a body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. Renew our communion with your church throughout the world and strengthen it in every nation and among every people to witness faithfully in your name. 
By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all your world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at that heavenly banquet together through your Son, Jesus Christ, with your Holy Spirit in your holy church. All honor and glory is yours, almighty God, both now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now, with the confidence of the children of God, let us pray together the prayer that Jesus taught us by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Because there is one loaf, we who are many share in the partaking of this loaf in the breaking of Christ's body. May we be the body of Christ for the world. And in this cup of salvation which has been poured out for us, May we pour out Christ's love for the world. Amen. As you are dismissed today, the ushers will offer you some hand sanitizer. When you come forward, you will be given a piece of bread, and you will be invited to take one of the individual cups. There are gluten-free elements for those who need them. Will those who are serving please come forward?
Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you've given yourself to us. Now grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to be God's witnesses of peace with all that we meet. Let us go forth in God's care this day. Amen.